0: Hello, I'm Viv Groskop, writer, comic, agony aunt, a lover, not a fighter, and this is We Are Women. Brought to you by Mint Velvet, We Are Women is a place to revel in the wonders and the woes of being a woman. Think of it as a summer holiday for your mind. Basically, earphones in, press play and escape what you know you ought to be doing and just focus on what you want to do instead and appropriately enough our theme this week is escape see what I did there
1: coming soon we'll be hearing from broadcaster Edith Bowman even in my own head there was an assumption that I wasn't good enough or able to do it on my own from best-selling author Anne Patchett
2: I go down into the ocean down 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 it's a big production but then I can stay there with my oxygen line Forever. And from Caroline Jones,
3: the founder of the retreat festival hybrid that is Restival. Moving into the music world is an escape. I mean, we had a Christmas party once and it ended in April. But first, I want to introduce a very special guest and
0: friend, award winning stand up comic finalist in last year's BBC New Comedy Awards, Sindhu V. Hey. Hi, Sindhu. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, my God. It's my pleasure. Now, Obviously, your life is spent doing a lot of stand-up, and we know each other from the hell that is the comedy circuit. But did you escape some other life choice in order to do that? What was your path into that? I'd
4: never seen live stand-up. It was a Saturday afternoon, and my parents were visiting. I could hear the three children downstairs with them, and my husband was travelling. And I thought, you know, I really don't want to be here. I want to be somewhere completely different. I've got an email in my inbox, and there was a funny women workshop that very day. Oh, look, I can go hang out with some women, some of whom may be funny. It is a workshop. Probably we will all drink after their English, you know. (laughs) Literally, I had those were my two thoughts. And I paid online, and I went along to this workshop. So I think quite literally I was escaping one of those long,
0: drawn-out, dark weekends. You know what I mean? Well, I want to challenge us both to think about this theme of escape. So by the end of this podcast, I promise to reveal the thing I'm proudest of having escaped and the thing I fear I will never escape. How I'm going to narrow that down into one thing, I don't know. Are you are you up for this challenge? I'm so if up for it. Think about those two things. And maybe we can help each other with some escape strategies yeah. as well. And maybe, listeners, you can help us too. What are you proud to have escaped And what do you worry about never being able to escape? Come to the Mint Velvet Facebook page or tweet at Mint Velvet and share your stories. And while you're at it, we'd love to hear your answer to the question we're still asking because we're loving the answers. What advice would you give to another woman?
3: So my name's Zoe, I'm a lawyer. And the advice I would give to another woman is don't compare yourself to other people. There'll always be people better than you, always be people worse than you. It serves no purpose, just be yourself. Uh, My name's Lucy Porter, I'm a stand-up comedian and also a writer, and uh, the advice that I would give is ditch boyfriends or toxic friends the minute you sense there is a problem, because there is nothing worse than letting bad friendships or bad relationships linger on and drive you mad. My name's Meg and I'm a writer and the advice I'd
0: give is that when it comes to trying to get a man to fancy you, what you look like won't make the blindest bit of difference. He either will or he won't. Don't worry about your appearance. Coming up in a few minutes, an interview with Edith Bowman, but first, Caroline Jones. She came up with the idea of restival on the tube. Watching miserable commuters glued to their phones, she realised she was desperate for something which combined the restorative experience of a yoga retreat with the creative energy of a festival. Fast forward a few years and Caroline's eco Lux events in the Sahara and the deserts of Arizona have built up a devoted following. We spoke to Caroline for My Life in Clothes, our feature which focuses on how our clothes reveal the story of ourselves.
3: Clothes for me and fashion have been really prominent throughout my entire life. I grew up just outside of Manchester when the Hacienda opened and there was a Japanese samurai shop, goodness knows why, in the middle of the Royal Exchange in Manchester and I remember saving up the money to go and buy a pair of Japanese samurai trousers and wearing them with pride to the Hacienda They were different, and I've always liked fashion that is different. Um, The first thing I want to show you is a T-shirt, and on the front it says Soundgarden, and that was the first ever gig that I worked on, and that night um, signified a change in my career from uh, working in banking, escaping the banking world was a huge relief for me because it's too constricting and I didn't fit that mould at all. I didn't go to university. I left school at 16. I'm not intelligent, but I'm smart. Moving into the music world is an escape, for sure, because it doesn't feel like a job. I mean, we had a Christmas party once and it ended in April... I really felt like I fitted in with that group because I was working with a lot of creative people at the time. It it ended very abruptly for me because my father died very suddenly and everything changed when that happened. And the wonderful thing about this his passing is that I am now more in touch with my dad because when he was alive we were at loggerheads a lot because we're very similar people now... I feel his love and his support more than ever before. And so I think my dad would be quite proud of me now because Restival is about people from urban areas getting out into the middle of nowhere and it's really instating their humanity, actually, and transforming their lives. So the the second thing is a piece of jewellery which is silver, solid silver, and engraved with Navajo symbols and inlaid with turquoise. And it was made by a man by the name of Albert Nels, a Navajo, an amazing jeweller. He is also a sweat lodge expert. So Navajo sweat lodges are traditional experiences where you sing Navajo... Well, someone sings Navajo songs. You sit around... A small space, which is obviously hot, and burn cedar onto very hot volcanic rocks. And when you come out, you feel like you've been on a week-long detox. You've just shared emotions and physical stuff that you didn't know you were hanging on to. Our bodies hold on to stress, trauma, grief, whatever it might be, emotion... And by freeing that space up, what it does is it makes room for really good things to come back into our lives, like love and happiness, creativity, joy. My third and final piece is a T-shirt that I bought at LA Airport recently, and it states, all women are beautiful. Women can be... um, pilloried and or stigmatized or bullied because we don't fit a certain criteria. And as a person that's felt like she's never really fitted in, I understand how that feels. And um if we love ourselves more by believing in our beauty and, and accepting us ourselves for who we are, then this love starts to overflow into society, into other people. Um, I think if every woman were to do that, what a big difference it would make to the world.
0: Wow, that's a very intense and emotional interview. I know, I feel
4: completely shallow. I don't even think I have one piece of clothing or jewellery which I can connect to any such experience. Literally, it's like this was on sale. I bought it, you know what I mean? It's... yeah but I think I mean I think she's right I think she's absolutely right and the word mindful has become so overused but even if you a few things if you infuse them with meaning if you know why you're using them
0: they become very valuable now have you had a chance Sindhu, to yes. think about what you are most proud of escaping in life for me I think I'm going to go a bit deep now inspired yeah. by Restival I'm most proud of escaping my background which I feel a bit bit bad about talking about that no, hopefully my parents won't listen to this. I came from a background where creativity wasn't really seen as a as a decent thing to do mm. and anything artistic or writing or comedy, performing, these were not seen as viable career options and it took me probably for good reason often you know yeah for actually very good reason because it's true they're not viable career options yes. uh, but you need to do them if that's what makes you feel alive Absolutely. and it took me a good 35 years to realise that so I'm glad I escaped that very in the good. end what about you what are you proud um, of escaping? I think I'm most proud of having escaped the
4: the idea that if I wasn't a good girl a good daughter and a good wife that then uh, you know, I was failing in some way. I guess that's it, you know, being the good girl, being the, being good as opposed to being myself. And it turns out I'm quite good. I'm not like an evil person, but I didn't know that until very recently, escaping the idea that if you don't meet the expectations of your nearest and dearest ones, uh,
0: you've failed. Very good. That's very sweat lodge. I like that. <laughs> Just before our interview with Edith Bowman, I wanted to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like the unregulated podcast by city am champions great women leaders tells their inspiring stories and helps you take the next steps in your career and be a great leader yourself there are episodes about body language about how to persuade your boss to give you a pay rise and what business can learn from meerkats yes really so while you're saving up for that Restival ticket and the chance to escape the nine to five Can I suggest you have a listen to episode 45, How to be happy at work with the monk who has helped Google's employees do just that? Then subscribe to Unregulated on Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes, or Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and anywhere with RSS. I hope you like it. Now, I'm very excited to introduce our next guest, Edith Bowman. Edith has been working in television and radio for nearly 20 years. After finding fame on MTV, she worked at BBC Radio 1 for many years and now hosts the Virgin Radio UK Breakfast Show. She's also a photographer, makes TV documentaries, has written a book about great British music festivals. Oh, and she presents the hugely successful soundtracking podcast, where she talks to a star-studded lineup of filmmakers about their musical influences. I could go on, because there are even more achievements (laughs) but then we'd run out of any time to actually talk to her. (laughs) Now, Edith, our theme for this podcast is escape. Yeah. Have you been keen to escape
1: being pigeonholed in one field? Yeah, I think as women we get easily pigeonholed into being one thing and I know that when I had my first kid there was a definite attempt to try and move me into a different pigeonhole just because I'd had a kid. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's like, well, why can't I? How Um, many
0: children do you have? I've got two,
1: two boys. Mm. They're four and eight, soon to be nine. Um, And specifically with Rudy, my oldest, when I found out I was pregnant and worked out the timings and things, it was quite close to Glastonbury. I was due to have him. Uh, And I had to have a C-section because I've got this heart thing. And um, so I knew when I was having him and it was 10 days before (laughs) Glastonbury. And so my boss at the time was like, you're going to be all right? it's fine if you don't want to and I was like no which what are you talking about of course I can still do it Uh, and I did I hosted the Glastonbury coverage like 10 days after having a c-section and kind of running off and expressing milk in between (laughs) productions and stuff but I kind of look back now and I go I wouldn't do it any different and I think part of that was me proving to myself and everybody else that they weren't going to put me in a box
0: No, no one would want to put you in a box. I'm thinking about Baby in the Corner in Dirty Dancing. No one puts Edith in a box. Edith will present Glastonbury. So you're now at Virgin. And when you got that job, you were reported to be the only female solo host of a breakfast show. On a national Uh,
1: station, yeah. This is a mean question, but what have you got that others don't? (laughs) Well, my first question when I got asked about the job, when they said, do you want to do it? I was like, who with? Because even in my own head, there was an assumption that, I wasn't good enough or, you know, able to do it on my own. I guess, I mean, I know from what my boss has told me is that I was bringing a wealth of music experience to the show and they really wanted the station and the show to be particularly driven by music and new music and that not just being about new bands, that being about, I don't know, Garbage having a new single or Travis having a new single. Um, you know, even though I do a radio show every day and I've been doing this for so long, I still have major confidence fluctuations of today was a great day, yesterday wasn't so great, you know, and I think you kind of need that, but you also need to be aware of it and in check with it to kind of be able to control it. Do you think women feel more pressured to do things perfectly? I think our I think there's so much around us that portrays perfection. So, I think that's a lot of that's got to do with our media, social media in particular. Look at my perfect life and my my kids in their perfect clothes and their perfect high chairs i just i don't know why we have this crave to portray perfection imperfections are 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 beautiful and true and and they they're what make people trust you and believe in you I think as well. you know it's like my mum always jokes about um being a parent being a trial and error experience where you kind of have to fail and not be great and perfect everything to kind of learn how to be a mum really. As the mother of sons do you feel a responsibility to shape their attitude towards women and girls? Uh, Yeah definitely and I think me being a working mum is a great start for that i kind of go through daily things of guilt and you know from doing a, for doing a breakfast show every day i'm not there for the school run in the morning and i have a wonderful husband who steps up to the mark who i was just on the phone to sorting out who's taking who to the swimming lesson uh but we also have a great nanny my husband's in a band so he's away a lot of the time and i wouldn't be able to do the show if i, I didn't and i spoke to my oldest about it you know about when i got off the job and and he was really supportive about it I talked to them constantly. In fact, yesterday when I picked Rudy up from school, he very sweetly, I took him to see the opening night of Annie last night. She's brilliant. And he was like, thanks, mum. I'm so excited about it. You're the best. And I was like, listen, I know I'm not always. I said, I just, I try. I try my hardest. And that's all anybody can do, really. Um, Because I don't want him to think of me as being perfect or the best. I kind of, you know, I want him to know that I've got failings and things that I don't get right and I wanted to know that that's all right for him as well as me I've also tried
0: to prevent my children from thinking that I'm perfect (laughs) but sadly I've failed (laughs) Um, I just love listening to you Edith I could listen to you forever but I've heard that you were
1: told you would never make it with your accent Tom Stale he was the program controller of Radio 4th when I managed, to, I'm convinced them to give me work experience. I got accepted to PE college to be a PE teacher. And then when I got the acceptance letter, it, it, a bolt of fear just shot through me going, this isn't what I want to do. That is so hilarious. I you were
0: going to be a PE yeah, teacher.
1: Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? Um, I'm so <laughs> unsporty. So I wrote to my local radio station and phoned them regularly going, can I get work experience? Any work experience? Please, can I get some work experience? And he genuinely sat behind the stake. He was a big man. He was a little bit like Jabba the Hutt, sat behind his desk. He was like, "Um, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, you know, eventually I'd like to try out on air. And and he sort of, like, laughed and sort of said, I can't put someone with an accent like yours on the air. And, you know, that thing where you can feel the tears, you can feel your eyes filling up like you're filling a glass with water. It was kind of like that. And I, I kind of inhaled the tears and stopped myself from physically crying and he gave me work experience and um, my accent's definitely softer but it's not through going to elocution lessons and stuff it's just I guess through location it's softened.
0: Well you clearly have a lot of passions in life film, music, photography
1: what's the one thing that you go to when you need to escape? Music. Music's always the thing. It's like a companion, really. You can go to something to help you feel a certain way or you can also play something to get you out of a certain state of mind, I think. Who's a music artist who does that for you? Um, There's a couple of things. There's a band called Midlake who have an album called The Trials of Van Occupanther that was a... It's an album that's got a really lovely personal kind of thing for me. It was when my husband and I first got together. It was a big soundtrack for us. So I just have really, it makes me smile from the inside out. And then weirdly the Hans Zimmer soundtrack to Interstellar, I kind of go back to again and again and again because it's, it's got no words. It's just this crazy orchestral score that's the heart of which is this church organ that I find just really therapeutic.
0: You're, you're just too cool Edith, you're too cool Church organ's cool, I don't know No, this because therefore <laughs> I would have answered oh, wake me up before you go-go
1: always gets me going There yeah. are moments for that I mean, yeah, definitely the kids are, are just going through a wicked phase of reminding me of great stuff we have a lot of Michael Jackson playing in the house at the minute and Queen obviously makes them chuckle to play Fat Bottom Girls which they love <laughs> Um, We've got a chart in the house, you see, for words that they've got to try and stop saying so much. The three words on it at the minute are poo, hate, and then penis. Um, And that's purely because they've changed the lyrics to I'm Your Venus, the Banana rama song. Uh, They very quickly discovered that they could change the lyrics to I'm Your Penis. So that just got sung too much. So we've got that on the chart as well. Excellent.
0: Now, as part of our (laughs) theme of escape, we are pondering, it sounds like you need to escape from poo and penis, we are pondering two weighty questions Mm -hmm. uh, in this podcast. Can you share with us the thing you are most proud of having
1: escaped from? Ooh... it's quite deep it is quite deep and it's weird because it might sound really harsh but getting out of the village that I grew up in I love going back there now it's a tiny little village in Scotland and I absolutely adore the place and the people that are there because it's home still but when I was a teenager I couldn't wait to get out I was bored I knew that I was going to get out and if I stayed Uh, I would have been really unhappy. So, yeah, that's probably my answer to that. And what do you fear you will never escape? (laughs) Poo and penis. (laughs) (laughs) I live with three
2: boys.
0: (laughs) Now, Sindhu, Edith talked there about the importance of not trying to be perfect. Do you think that's something that women in particular find difficult? You know, I've
4: only ever been a woman, so I can only speak for women really, because (laughs) I don't know. But I will say that uh, I think I know I've suffered from it. Every single woman I know at some level has suffered from it. I think, yeah, I think being perfect and also having a lot of external direction on what perfection looks like is a very female phenomenon. Mm. And you know there's a phrase manners maketh the man. I think the phrase I always have in my mind is confidence maketh the woman. And if you're confident then you're able to sift through a number of things about being perfect and think no or think yes. And I think that that is the big problem is mm. you you women are not raised to be confident, I think. Um, and therefore, they fall into this perfection trap. Well,
0: you've clearly mastered your confidence. No, please. No, no, no. Oh, it's a work a in progress. Poise. And this year, you're taking your first solo show yes. to the Edinburgh Festival. How is that going? What's it called? What's it about? Uh, it's called Iguana Mum, because people look at me and they say, oh, you must be a tiger mum. I'm
4: like, nope, Iguana mum. Uh, What's the
0: difference between Iguana mum and Tiger mum?
4: Uh, I think the single biggest difference is that Iguana mums don't pay that much attention they birth you they give you what they can in the early days and then they leave and you, if you don't get it right
0: you die wow <laughs> it <little>, sounds absolutely <laughs> hilarious Sindhu
4: people are going to come out of weeping no no it's funny it's funny I, I make I know, it funny I it will be um, no and I'm really excited it's uh, you know you're mm. just yeah one foot in front of the
0: other and now for our last feature we're joined in the studio by the best-selling author Anne Patchett The winner of several awards, including the Orange Prize for her novel Bel Canto, her work has been translated into more than 30 languages and her new novel, Commonwealth, is a number one New York Times bestseller. Reviewers have called it dazzling, captivating, humorous and heartbreaking. It's a must for everyone's summer holiday suitcase and literally one of the best novels I've read in about five years. Uh, This is a part of the podcast where we're usually joined by an expert on our theme. So by inviting you, Anne, we seem to have decided that writers must be experts on escape do you th- because it yeah. is really about escapism, isn't it? Sure. In literature.
2: So, do you think that's fair, or is it a bit mean of us to put that on? I definitely escape by writing. It, what I think of it is like deep sea diving. I get a boat, I get a captain, I get all the equipment, I get the big old fashioned suit, like Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, yeah. and with the big tube, and then I go down into the ocean, down, down, down. It's a big production, but then I can stay there with my oxygen line. Forever, and it is the ultimate escape.
0: Wow, that that's does sound a, wonderful. That also it also sounds—it's
2: such a good description of what I imagine writers do. I've had a long time to work that one up, but well, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, but it, but it's why it doesn't work if I'm home for two days to try to write. Like to rent the boat, find a captain, yeah. to get the suit on and off. It's a big pain to sure. do all of that. You can't just zip out and swim down. You have to really get ready and go down and stay down. So it's it's a beautiful escape.
0: But in terms of writing being a means of escaping for your readers, do you think about them when you're writing or is it important for you just to be lost in your own world?
2: I don't think about them at all. I wish them well. I hope they're fine. But no, I'm just writing for myself. I'm writing because I want to go down under the water and stay there, not because I want to bring anyone with me. Why would you want to escape and bring someone and with you. Someone with.
0: And I know that you refer to yourself, some, well, not to yourself, but to the mythical entity that is Anne Patchett. Yes, exactly. Sometimes <laughs> in the third person. And I think that's fascinating. Is that a way of escaping this idea that, you know, they say um, fame is the mask that eats the face? Oh, it, have, Lord. You know, have, oh, Sorry, yeah. I've gone a bit over the top there. But is it a way of escaping that pressure to be the best-selling novelist
2: and and put Anne Patchett at one remove to you, Anne? Well, I'm not her. I mean, how could I be? When I, when my husband and I got back to the hotel room at 11 o'clock last night, I said to him, this Anne Patchett thing is getting out of control. And I do feel at this point in my life, like every time I leave the house, it's gotten a little bigger. So there I am. I'm home. I'm making dinner. I really put a lot of energy into dinner and i iron and i clean the house and i see my friends and i walk the dog and i take the dog to the vet if he's not feeling well and you know i have my life and then i go out and i see these people who grab my hand and they get tears in their eyes oh. and they say i can't believe you. and i'm thinking what the hell is going on i mean it's a total disconnect I feel so
0: bad because I was at a dinner when I, where I met you last night. You were one, one and of those I, people. I was but
2: one I, of those people. But look, you've totally snapped out of it now. That's good. <laughs> because now this is your show and not my show.
0: But that's so fascinating. I know that you you always try and minimize the impact of what you do and what writers do. I know another thing you've said is that it would be more helpful for the human race if all the people in bookshops had health insurance and we should actually be making sure that they have health insurance rather than getting them to read books. <laughs> do yeah. you, Do you think that writing is something that
2: can change people's lives? Sure. Reading has certainly changed my life. I really do live to read. I would like people to read and have health insurance. I don't think it's an either or.
4: And I also think that if you're someone who doesn't have health insurance for many different reasons and you read and you read enough, you will think about that fact of health insurance. And I mean that. You know, I grew up in India and I remember reading a book When I was very young, that my mother bought me. She went to Canada. It was called Anne of Green Gables. Oh, I remember that. And I was very young. Have you read it? Mm,
0: Yes, I have. Yeah. And I
4: remember thinking, what is this place with apple trees? And what is this place? And now looking back, what I realize is that there were so many positive uh, experiences I was going to go and find. And I was going to do so many things for myself. And it's in that vein that I say health insurance because I had read books. And yes. because I knew there were possibilities. And it wasn't directly inspiring. It was more like layers upon layers of reading and worlds. I know it's,
2: I mean, am I sounding lame? But I'm just saying. No, no I no. think that's
4: a very, very direct connect to reading.
2: And I want to play off of this. Uh, when you have a child uh, or when, you're, when you are a child yourself, people say, oh, that child is bright. And, you know, some kids are smarter than other kids. Sure. They just are. But then you grow up. And how intelligent you are really becomes your own responsibility. And yeah. plenty of smart kids who just don't follow through with it g- become average adults. Yeah. Um, but plenty of average kids who keep working on it by reading, by expanding their world, Absolutely. become smarter and smarter. And the smarter you are, the more aware you are of your world, your opportunities, and the needs of others. And
4: your inner world.
2: Yes, inner Exactly.
4: World. And when you start to connect your inner world with your outer world, that's where you get ambition from. Right. And I think as a young woman, that was very, very vital to me to get to where I've gotten and done all the different things. You know what I mean? I think my mother wished I had less ambition, but too
2: bad. Oh, boy, I'm <sighs> going to pull this all together. Maybe through reading, we are quite literally escaping the, the confinements of our life. We're escaping into something much more ambitious. Yeah.
0: Yes. Well, let me bring it back to something much more shallow. Please. (laughs) Uh, Because I love to escape with a beach read. Um, Sindhu and Anne, what for you would be a great beach read, apart from
2: obviously Commonwealth, which everyone must read this summer? Well, Uh, you know, I want to say Emma. Emma's green.
0: (laughs) Emma by Jane Austen.
2: (laughs) You know, I do really love Austen and Dickens in that they can be read high and low. Um, but if you want something more contemporary, there is a book that I love that is so well-written and smart, and it's coming out in June, and it's by Miley Malloy, and it's called Do Not Become Alarmed. And it is a thriller, uh, but it's brilliant. Um, so I will read something trashy, but I will also take always with me one self-help book. Can I recommend the one to take this yes, year? Yes, please. Oh, oh please, I This is the I best. It'll change your life. Tiny Beautiful Things. yes
0: by Cheryl Strait. Stray- Cheryl Strait. It's fantastic. Are
2: they so it's good? the best. And it's not that it's self-help, but it's it's really like the Bible for women everywhere. Okay, well, I will I'll just get that. So that's what I'm going to do.
4: And that's it. And the only other thing I'm reading this summer, it's a new writing about the Mahabharat, which is called Jaya. What is the Mahabharat? The Mahabharat. Sorry, we have in Hinduism we have two big Thank books everyone talks asking. about. Yes. I'm so sorry. One is the Ramayan, which is the story of Ram and Sita. And the Mahabharata is the other big mythological treatise.
0: I just want to hear you say
2: these words. I know. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing.
4: But the reason I'm taking it is because it's time for my kids to understand uh, certain things which are universally philosophical. And this particular writing is very good because it brings out how early on, 5,000 years ago in Hinduism, some of the main characters were transgender. And this is something my kids always ask me what I feel about transgender. I don't really have a strong view. I'm like, it's fine. But now it's in the book. I'm like, okay, here's a story about the moon being transgender and why that affects all of us. So that'll be interesting over the summer.
0: Wow, this has gone to
4: I'm, a fascinating I'm, place. I've got to read this. You yeah. have to write this down for me. It's a wonderful and it's very easy to read and it's a story. It is a story.
0: Listen, thank you so much, Anne Patchett, for joining us today and thank sharing you. your escape reads.
2: I love this whole girlfriend thing. This is, is so great. nice. It is both You guys you. can come
0: again. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, now, I think I should now reveal the thing we've oh, been working up to. That's all I've been waiting for. I'm frankly. going to reveal the thing I fear I will never escape. Okay. There are so many things I could have chosen here, I have to say, but I'm going to be totally honest and admit I feel I will never escape the idea that I think I'm fat. Oh, because I know, I know, Sindhu, dude. I'm embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed, um, it's so real. But I have had so many struggles with my weight yeah. over the years and I now feel like I'm in control of it.
4: You look great. But I
0: lost three stone about two or three years ago. I know, I read it, I but, followed it. Yeah, but maintaining it is so hard and I'm always worried that I'm going to go back into that place where... It's so scary, isn't the it? The donut place.
4: I know. No, 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 I, I think that... Well, first of all, kudos for saying it on... The podcast, because I think a lot of people think it and they don't want to say it. Kudos also for not being like it doesn't matter what weight I am. I'm just always going to be happy because that's not everyone's reality.
0: No, it isn't. I envy people who feel that way, and I don't. I judge myself, but I don't judge other people. I get that, and that's amazing. Yeah, but for me, it is a it's a big thing. It comes from you know a childhood with a constantly dieting mother and all of those things. So I'm really careful not to put it onto my own daughter or, or my sons, but. I might have to have something to eat now that I've said that. Anyway, so what is the thing that you fear you will never escape, Sindhu? Um oh man. Uh no, one
4: thing is that there was a brief time uh after my after I had my first kid where I went mental. And I'm not it's not a joke, like I lost my mind. I went bananas. And it was very very scary. Um there's something called intrusive thoughts. I didn't know that's what they were called, but I found out the psychiatrist told me. And Krishna says the mind is like wild horses it is a job of the mind to run wild and i've experienced how it is to not have control over your own mind when it's running wild it's very scary i think i've escaped it but you know as a as a mental hypochondriac you never know so Hopefully that won't happen again. This is a really light, uh, sort of light uh, section of this podcast.
0: <laughs> well, I love it. It's almost time for us to go. But just before we do, let's just have a brief moment of talking about the one thing everyone's obsessed with, which is the British summertime. I know, isn't it, it great? It finally looks as if we're going to get one. Um, I hope that we're going to have sunshine every day for the next three months um what are you hoping for for this british summer sindhu and what is your top summertime survival tip well it's a very indian tip i say stay out of the sun but you know you guys you don't do
4: that do you you go into the sun but it's stay out of the sun because then you won't have wrinkles later good tip that's really my tip Good
0: tip. that's it for this week but please tweet us at Mint Velvet or come to the Mint Velvet Facebook page and tell us your summertime life hacks or your advice for another woman we always love to hear those or equally your advice for me and Sindhu on how to escape fear of being fat and how to escape the fear of intrusive thoughts or fear of being crazy yeah Thank you so much, Cindy. Get
4: get in touch with uh, Scared of Fat and Scared of Crazy right over here.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We need you. Exactly. We'll be back on the third Friday of the month. In the meantime, please make sure you subscribe via Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. And please do rate us and review us and tell us what you think and how we can strive for ever greater heights. My thanks to our guests, Caroline Jones, Edith Bowman, Anne Patchett, and Sindhu V. We Are Women is a Whistledown production for Mint Velvet. The producer is Kate Taylor. I'm Viv Groskop. Thanks for listening and goodbye.